you did it. You made it all the way through the off season. We are finally here, ready to get the 2023 season kicked off. It starts on Saturday, so of course we had Pat Brennan on to preview this season. We start off the episode with a couple of pieces of FC Cincinnati news. We end it with a proper preview of the Houston match, as well as a farewell to our off-season friend in the 11 out of the 18. It's not gone forever, but no, this is a massive episode. Let's get hyped. This season will be awesome, 2023. Let's go! Oh, here we are joining me to talk about all of that and more. We've got Grayson, we've got the Chief Gentleman. Our long journey through the offseason is finally at a close. By the time this podcast goes live, we will be two days out from the first match day, the first game of a future decade, unless somebody gets out of a contract, with Apple. This is a new flavor of MLS. This is a new flavor of this team. Tastes a lot like last year, but I think we got some expectations this year. Are we hyped? Are we excited? Grayson, how are we feeling? Before you get into this, Grayson, I want to bring you a word from our sponsor, Smoothie King. Oh, Smoothie Christ. King <laughs> has been serving our community healthy, delicious beverages for over 15 years. And oh. right now, if you sign on to their website for their reward program <laughs> with promo code POSTCAST, P-O-S-T-C-A-S-T, oh. you can save 15% on your next order. We're also Jesus brought to you by MeUndies. <laughs> Casper, well, I think sponsors uh, every every podcast known to mankind um by by the way hold on I, I want to make something clear um it's a it's a weird kind of promo code for me undies and smoothie king you can't just put it in on the website you have to email them <laughs> well it uh it turns out it's somebody somewhere wanted to because uh when i signed up uh for our platform to get the uh the podcast go and I I turned a button on because I thought it would be really funny if we ever got ads one day and then they showed up without warning and I apologize if you got an unwanted Smoothie King or I think it was Mount St. Joe's and Amazon ads that interrupted you Grayson in the middle of your sentence on, <laughs> on some of these things um, that was not by design and you should not be getting them anymore and if that turned you off before uh, they should be gone now don't worry uh, we we made uh, not not money on that. So. But if you uh, if you if you miss the ads, uh, let us know that as well. <laughs> if that especially was the key, if, and yeah. especially if you miss the ads or are in a position to do something about adding more ads, like paying <laughs> us to run yeah. your ad, please slide into the DM. Okay. Hey, it's the start of the season. We made it. We made it through the off season. We made a commitment that we were going to be the podcast that turned the corner that we played through the entire off season and through uh, escape to victory avatar united passions <laughs> talks about balloons and and video games and in god knows what we have somehow managed to fill the hours until fc cincinnati is back gentlemen we did it we did it. This is this was a marathon and a sprint. It really felt like, and we did it. This the, is uh, the a only crowning podcast. Achievement. The only podcast dumb enough to run in the off season <laughs> when there was no soccer going. 
I feel like the guy having the drink off with uh, Mary and Ravenwood in (laughs) Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it's like, all right, I got my last glass ready for the season start, and I'm just going to pass out and keel over. No, this is this is a lot of fun. I will say, as dumb as it was to keep a uh, a podcast going through the off season, uh, I a handful of you were dumb enough to listen because I will say our numbers increased from the uh, the last actual season uh, playoff game to where we are now. Our, our numbers have gone up. So, if you were not wanting us to talk about soccer this podcast is about to become very disappointing to you <laughs> one of my one of my friends actually found out about this podcast like a yeah, let's say like a, a normie friend like not a not a song yeah. it's like a soccer fan yeah and she's like what what do you guys what do you guys talk about and i was like i don't know man <laughs> i don't know <laughs> We do a soccer podcast about a soccer team that hasn't played in four months, five the, the, months. All I can take from that, all, the only conclusion I can draw from that, Kevin, is that, that somehow our, our soccer takes are just unwanted. Like we're the only soccer people people, away. Right, that, that we're the only soccer podcast that does better when there's no soccer around. That's just, that's terrible. Oh my God. But we're back. We're back. Uh, for better or for worse, here we are. You have you have us. Um, no, we've got Pat Brennan on the show, and the most of the show will be with Pat Brennan. It's it's the season preview episode. It is a ton of fun. Before we get to that, did want to touch on a couple of fun pieces. I mean, most of it's fun. I don't know. I don't think we have any depressing news here uh, about FC Cincinnati, but we can confirm the rumors that were started by us and everybody with some common sense that Tommy G and Kevin McCluskey or Kevin McCluskey, depending on your mood, uh, is returning to do the radio for FC Cincinnati. I believe that is a three year deal with iHeartMedia is what I saw. So they will be doing the radio broadcast for this season only they will also be providing an alternate audio feed on apple tv when we are at home uh it is my understanding that going forward uh, as in the next year uh they will be able to provide the alternate audio for all fc cincinnati games so that is exciting um i don't know if fc cincinnati will ever get a spanish radio broadcast or may even be mandated to get a spanish radio broadcast at some point but I suppose that'll be an option for you as well. But Tommy G is official, Chief. Are you surprised? (laughs) (laughs) The the only thing I'm surprised about is that this announcement didn't get made the morning of the first game. Just like, what the fuck were they waiting for? Like, not to... it, It was just a joke last week that we couldn't talk about it. And there was... I can't imagine what the holdup was in announcing it. But no, it's good. Um, I... It is good that there are more options to follow this team. It is good that you can have a Homer broadcast if that's what you really want. It may be something that is tremendously good once we hear how the broadcast pairings are for MLS. And if these pairings are bad, then you might be very happy that Tommy G and Kevin are available. I am just a fan of FC Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't give a shit about any other team in Major League Soccer. <laughs> we we I want don't a, watch MLS in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want a I want a local crew. Like I want people who know all the players. I want people who are buddies with the players and the coaches who see them day in day out. Yeah. And that's it. I think it's just I think it's just great that we're gonna have that we're gonna have that option with Apple TV. 
Yeah. No, it's it's lovely. It's wonderful. We'll we'll have that flavor, and I'm glad we can finally say it out loud on the podcast. Yeah. I, also didn't, <laughs> I also didn't think about this till you mentioned it, Kevin. It's weird that the the league in FC Cincinnati specifically has gone out of its way to sort of hide the past, the USL roots of this club. Um, there's yeah. unless you go to like the really expensive seating, there's not a lot of imagery of the original portion of FC Cincinnati hanging around the stadium. They don't have statues or banners or anything like that. In truth, though, the one piece of connective tissue that links both them together is the broadcast crew of Tommy G and Kevin. And it's the same people that were calling the big moments in USL are also the same people now who are calling the MLS games. And it's, it's weird that of all of the club DNA, that that's the only one that really still remains from the USL era. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way. Chief, I don't know how much you want to spoil, but we have a uh, a new pre-match ceremony coming to the to the stadium. Do you want to? You don't want to touch this. No, All right. it's it's. Um... <laughs> I'll just hope. Let me sneak around by you here. <laughs> no, what, what I'm I'll, it's. Uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise because okay. it's. It's a hell of a surprise. Um, <laughs> all I can suggest is maybe get to your seats a little early. I know that our guest, Pat Brennan, wrote a, a nice column for everybody to check out about the importance of being to your seats for all the pregame festivities. So go ahead, do the march, come in, get your beer, get to your seats. And there's a new tradition that the club is going to start, assuming that the blacksmith finished up with the props um and we're we'll, doing a we'll, hammer and sickle finally my god we'll have plenty to talk about for next week's podcast i'll put it that way um so anybody who happens to catch it send me a dm of a picture or a video or something because i roll in right after the national anthem uh every game because you're a godless commie and don't want to be here when we honor our country yeah Okay, let's, go, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not sure exactly how to transition this. But Speaking of time, godless commies. Brenner's Houston. back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, kind of the opposite of a godless right. commie as far as I understand his politics. Um, a godly Brenner. capitalist. Yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine a devout Catholic. Uh, if I if I was just shooting from the hip here, I know nothing about it. His family um, issue was he had to visit uh, Bolsonaro in the hospital after <laughs> Bolsonaro's seventeenth bout with COVID, <laughs> <laughs> which which was in Orlando, if I remember correctly. But yes. <laughs> MLS is truly back. <laughs> so we have Brenner back. He, he arrived on Sunday. Thankfully. Somebody thought to ask Laurel that question because then she was able to give us that answer there. Uh, so we have Brenner back. He appeared to be smiling in a social media post today. So I'm going to assume he's starting and scoring nine goals on Saturday. So Which, I don't I mean, know. <laughs> at the very least three. And we talked about this with Pat Brennan. Yes. Um, and then won't score Later. again for five. For five. We're 
forecasting that we will talk about this with Pat Brennan later. We'll probably bring it up, yeah. <laughs> we taped the interview. Don't be coy. <laughs> Who's to say? But, hey, spoiler alert. These aren't always recorded in order. It's the magic of radio or podcasting or whatever. You're ruining the um, illusion. <laughs> oh, it's nobody's listening anyway. Um, no, he's going to start. And uh, I, we talked about it a little bit with Pat. It's I. You, you really want to hope that he gets off to a hot start. Yeah. Because every goal means more now because there's going to be fewer games available to him if he plays the way we think we're going to. So I brought this up uh, on the interwebs, and this is the first year FC Cincinnati really has to concern itself with banking points early. In mm-hmm. past years, mm-hmm. it's kind of been a let's hold on, let's keep it close. And last year, it was sort of we're going to tread water a little bit until – we can get to the window and improve things. This year, it's the exact opposite. This year, the team is fully formed right out of the shoot, and they need to come out and they need to win games. They need to build a point cushion. They need to build uh, some lead and some daylight between themselves and the rest of the Eastern Conference because there is absolutely no telling who's going to come calling at the summer window, and that's probably going to be Brenner there's not an insignificant chance it could be Vasquez too at the summer window as well. So they have to prepare themselves to the possibility that they do not have their best lineup for the entire year. And they better make hay in these early games, especially against teams like Houston, where on paper, this appears to be a mismatch talent wise. People say like games early in the season don't matter, particularly with the, with the expanded playoffs, but that's wrong. It's simply wrong. Like, mathematically wrong. It's mathematically right. wrong. Points are points whenever you get them in the season. But also, if you want the supporter shield, you have to get you have to get points all year, right? Yes. If you want a home if you want a home field advantage, uh, you got to get points all year. You know, yeah. you can't you can't just hope that you will that you will start that you will finish strong, That's particularly when you have, I'd say, like a fair fair number of very winnable games uh, early yeah. in the season. I'll, if he's got his head screwed on straight and, and this team comes out firing the way they left off last year, uh, this this should be smooth sailing until the summer. And that's when the Open Cup and Leagues Cup and transfer windows all come for this team. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, in terms of FC Cincinnati news, I think that does it for us. I think we can dive right on in to this season preview with Pat Brennan. Uh, this was a ton of fun. You know we love Pat on this show. Uh, I, I did the math on it. Uh, he's he's been now on eight percent of our shows, so he's he's been on here more than Jonah, more than more than Das Harks. He's he's the fourth co-host. So um, this is this is a fun interview. So enjoy this one, and we will hit you with a in the eleven out of the eighteen. Uh, following this, plus a uh, a hint of a preview uh, with Houston. Look, we don't watch MLS, but we'll give you a little bit of a, a a lineup preview prediction for for FC Cincinnati, and that'll do it for the last uh, off season postcast so enjoy this interview if you read the title of the episode before you clicked it you know we are also joined by the inquirers pat brennan pat how you doing tonight kevin i'm doing great it's great to be back with you guys 
I'm so now, happy to hear that. If I recall, <laughs> if I recall correctly, my next appearance, this appearance yes. on the show, qualifies me for like official permanent co-hosting. That is know. true. Yeah, I think what you also are entitled, what you're also entitled to, is uh, Kevin accidentally turned on <laughs> the auto ad feature on the podcast last week so it was automatically inserting ads into the episodes at random intervals and based on our extensive download numbers we made a whopping 60 cents so i believe that entitles you to one-fourth of 60 which i don't do math well so about like you know like 20 15 cents somewhere in that range i think it's it's 15 (laughs) 15 cents Pat, the uh, the sales tax on your next two dollar purchase is on us. All right, just <laughs> yeah. know we got you covered here. <laughs> we, we will we will need you to fill out a ten ninety nine for that though. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> all above board. Oh my gosh, no, uh, that is true. I did accidentally. So when we set up the podcast on our distribution platform, yes, as Chief said, uh, there was an option to uh, turn on ad sales. So if the podcast became popular enough to uh, to, to advertisers, they would drop ads in and they claim to have this big algorithm to figure out when to do ads. And uh, I turned that on literally a year ago and completely forgot about it because I thought, hell yeah, if somebody wants to buy an ad on this stupid podcast, I am not going to stop them. And then, uh, yeah, I started getting text messages like, hey man, uh, the Amazon warehouse hiring ad in the middle of Grayson's sentence a little weird. Um, so <laughs> Whoa, wow. Didn't quite wow. realize what exactly was happening. So I turned it off. So we're not, we're, we, if you get an ad on this podcast, by the way, reach out to us. It should not be happening. Um, and if you want to buy an ad on this podcast, yeah. also reach out to us because. <laughs> the flip side is if we can make a little more than 60 cents, I'll listen. So <laughs> I'm on record as saying multiple times, I will sell out when the price is right. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, that's, oh the, my that's gosh. kind of the flip side to like monetizing, right? Like you could find out real quickly that you're not worthy of monetizing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The 75 cent checks a month, you know, just really, really more embarrassing than, uh, than empowering or or anything like that. Uh, but Pat, no, we are so happy to have you here because this, this really marks the end of our off season nonsense and the beginning truly of the season starting here. So happy to have you here to, uh, to preview this season. Uh, let me ask you a question we asked Tommy G last week. What are the vibes for you going into this season? Really positive. Yeah. Really positive. Almost too positive. Un- unse- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. It's like unsettlingly so. Uh, I-, I had an opportunity to spend a week down in Clearwater with the team. And my God. Um, you know, you've got the one guy who's always kind of agitating for something. And there's this like always like one situation there that you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, because he wasn't there, it was just like creepy how fun and <laughs> in sync everyone was. And uh, Lucio wasn't looking for real estate in uh, Serbia or anything. Were you there? <laughs> no, it, it was, um, it, 
Yeah, I mean, it, to be around that, to see what I saw down there, and I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll end up talking more about what I saw down there. Um, it, it was just so roundly positive. Um, and then you couple that with the reveal, the big reveal from MLSsoccer.com. Oh, yeah. Of all the pundit predictions for this. I think it's a composite like 3.25. So, you know, round that down to three. MLSsoccer.com's host, uh, you know, team of 12 personalities and pundits has the team slated to finish third in the East. It's like, yeah. What the hell is going on here? Oh, multiple just, first place votes. Like, yeah, what, what is the, this? <laughs> I don't recognize this team. <laughs> I did appreciate Bradley Wright Phillips, forever the villain in FC Cincinnati circles for knocking us out of the uh, the Open Cup. Uh, placed us at eighth and was absolutely the lowest by far to, to rank FC Cincinnati. Yeah, he was <laughs> the outlier. I think he's still to this day resents having to break a sweat at Nippert Stadium. <laughs> they totally expected to come in that night and walk it. And yeah. I think that's where that that clearly that's that can yes. only be where that's coming from because everything logical staring him in the face says and like literally anything above eighth. But yes. it, it is it does just put the US Open Cup run in perspective too that we got back to back on the first big match. We got shushed by Bastian Schweinsteiger who is a World Cup winning player. And then the next match, we created our own supervillain with Bradley Wright Phillips. So we really <laughs> managed to piss off some soccer royalty in that little run right there. It's manifesting so much in that, <laughs> that eight, nine weeks period. What I love about all these predictions, though, is A, I love that inevitably everyone as soon as they come out, every social media manager for every team in MLS immediately starts taking screenshots yeah. because they are just seeing content for later on in the season when they can say we saved the receipts. But also what I love about it too, is that if when you look at the predictions for where FC Cincinnati is going to end up in all these teams, they're all over the map because this league is so balanced. Yeah. There's so much parody and it's like on a pinhead, the difference between a team that is locked on for a playoff spot, home playoff game, MLS cup run, and a team that's going to be challenging for the wooden spoon every year. It's just, there's not a lot of difference between these teams in this. Yeah. League. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, that's why I feel like, um, you know, I had a chance to talk to Albright, Chris Albright about what, you know, Oh, Chris Albright. Yeah. Chris. Chris I thought you meant like a different, different Albright. Jeez. No, no. <laughs> Uh, although I did, uh, before transferring to Ohio State, I attended Albright College, hey, okay. founded by Jacob Albright, um, to whom Chris Albright has no familial connection. <laughs> that, was, that would have been incredible if you did find yeah. something there. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I wanted to, I had wanted to talk to Albright for a while. He hadn't done um, kind of a big sweeping news conference style setup in months. I think going back to probably last summer at this point. And I was just curious to see like what it well what do you, what do you think you're selling the fans this year? And he is he was pretty like. It was kind of underwhelming to hear him just say, we want to get back to the playoffs. We want to get back to the playoffs. Then once you're in, maybe you win a game. Then you can kind of go back to zero. 
reassess where you're at, reset goals potentially. But um, I think it's just an acknowledgement of what the chief was talking about there, which is that there's so little that really separates one through even hell. Let's get on board with this beautiful <laughs> new playoff format. One through nine, man. Oh yeah. One through, the old one through nine. I mean, I always said last year, even in 2018, when I was imagining FC Cincinnati in MLS, man, the difference between one and nine in the East it's right there. It's that big. Kids, really, I think kids in Cincinnati dreaming of that run to a ninth place finish in a miracle <laughs> in a miracle playoff. Game. Yeah. No, but really, I I think his kind of muted expectations for this year. Who knows what he actually thinks? This I'm sure you know. Uh, his numbers people have gamed out what should happen this year. At least I hope they have. Uh, and I'm sure it's, I would think it's a little bit loftier than just get in and get your foot in the door in the playoffs. But um, yeah, it's that what he's saying is totally dead on. Like the chief said, I won't be redundant. Yeah. So, so you've had like over a year of Albright being a, almost a year and a half really at this point of, of Chris yeah. Albright being a, a GM of the team. Um, so from from like my perspective as like more of an outsider, it feels like he, he plays things like real tight. He's not, you know, out in the media all the time. He he seems to hold information really closely to, you know, I guess I guess inside the team versus, you know, I've seen like John Thorrington uh, do appearances and speak like really openly and frankly about various player deals and uh, other GMs around the league and like uh, Bradley Carnell. I know he's not a GM, but Bradley Carnell at the super draft kind of acknowledged that uh, fans were waiting for a defensive midfield signing. And he yeah, said, you know, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're, we're working on that. And I think we'll have some good news for you soon. Kind of previewing stuff. I mean, what, what do you, what do you, what sense do you get of like Albright's, style you know how does that compare to 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 past gms of uh fc cincinnati i guess yeah who is the man um and how does he operate so i think chris is uh chris is fascinating he's actually been a really tough nut for me to crack in terms of understanding and being able to game out what his move is going to be or how he's going to play a given situation that might crop up. Um, he, so in that sense, he plays things very close to the vest. Uh, unlike so many people that have come through FC Cincinnati, he really, <laughs> I wouldn't say he has a distrust of the media, but I would say he's probably not, interested in using it to as a tool in his toolbox so yeah. in that sense like i said like it's a, a little bit unorthodox that um yeah i was grateful i was obviously you know goes without saying very yeah. grateful to have as much time as i had with him in clearwater uh he's not obligated to do that technically speaking but 
Gerard Nijkamp, who didn't, I would not say like necessarily loved a microphone or loved a camera. Um, he still, I think, acknowledged that it was good and proper and decent, if only for the fans, to get out in front of things occasionally. And I'm, I'm not even talking about bad things, just be there to explain. Um, Chris really leaves a lot of that work to other people in the organization. And he's very much like, you know, I wrote a story yesterday about, you know, uh, not to wade too deep into a fan, an SG controversy, but you know, <laughs> this how they want to, they want to make some kind they have some kind of a plan for a pre-match happening, some kind of spectacle. And yeah. I, I was really surprised to learn that like, Chris like not only sold that to the coaching staff and got them to sign off on it, but like he was actively involved in yeah. kind of curating what this whole thing looks like. Huh. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how much are you involved in guys? Like, it was surprising. <laughs> so I think he's all over. He has his fingerprints like all over FC Cincinnati in ways that we don't know and are still like learning about. Um, and he, it, it, the odd thing to me, I will say about his kind of lack of interest in engaging with the media. And I, I think I would tell, I would say, I'd like to think that I would say any kind of criticism to a person's face. I would say this to him. I really would. Like I've seen him come out of his office right outside the FC Cincinnati dressing room after games. And he, he might see, you know, the little, the four or five regular media members that cover the team walking down the hall. And he will like almost like cover up, not that he's hiding and not that he's scared, but he's just, just like, Oh God, maybe that's a reflex from yeah coming from like a hyper competitive, hyper eager to guerrilla media market. Uh, you know, he played in New York. He was in Philly, whatever. I, he just doesn't seem to want to have to, cope with that part of it and that's how the only way i would interact with him as a reporter so yeah do you yeah think it's the, look this, this answer is going on like four minutes now but no but it's it's <laughs> fascinating though because do you think that's to the detriment of the organization because we've talked on the podcast about how with the new apple tv deal this league as soon as the matches kick off is kind of going to go out of sight out of mind for a lot of people that otherwise <laughs> yeah. might stumble on the product do you think there's a missed opportunity with stuff like this to try and engage the fans through not going to say free media, but more traditional media to try and draw interest to a product that's now going to be less accessible. That's a really good question. And I always say that before answering a question, I don't know how to answer. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think all the clubs at Apple um, will find that, they're going to have to reinvent this thing as they go along because I'm, I would be shocked. I'm, I'm not a TV person. I do, when people talk about ratings after like a Super Bowl, I don't understand what the number with the decimal <laughs> points means. Right. Uh, but you know, I'll be stunned if, you know, everyone is like completely in agreement, like, yes, this is what we were hoping for. And, you know, <laughs> dreaming of when we set out in this partnership after, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 games. I, I think Chris and people in his position might find themselves being forced into the spotlight a little bit more just to um, kind of get that 
engagement going, whether it's on the Apple TV platform or, you know, terrestrial things like, you know, local TV, the club's website, stuff like that. I will say like, um, yeah, I feel pretty confident that he will find himself doing more of that stuff. I think they are bringing so many people just I'm biased as a reporter. Right. But they're bringing so many people, I think, on Apple TV under the media tent, you know, with the the airing of news conferences, uh, which is fine. Like other other leagues are like so far out ahead of this. They're basically in the NFL, uh, the daily news conferences with players or coaches, position coaches, whatever. These are being carried live, like in multiple markets sometimes, depending on how big the team is. So the demand probably just hasn't been there for MLS. But now that Apple is demanding it of them, of these clubs, I think they will, Chris will probably find himself out there a little bit, maybe a lot more. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's a great point. And Chief, I you bring up a great point as well. It's something I, I've kind of had a concern about with Albright, which is he spent so much of his front office career. And it is like a sneaky long career compared to a lot of guys that just sort of happened to go from playing to GM very, very quickly. But he spent so much time as the behind the scenes deal maker and, and string puller that I don't know if he has that... And hopefully he develops it, but he doesn't have that public persona face and he doesn't have that like that ability to cultivate the that side of it. But I also think and this is something we've talked about as well. And and Pat, this marries up perfectly with what you said, which is he's not utilizing media outlets to drive narratives to either further the club's agenda or to pacify fans like during the Matt Miazga negotiations would have been pretty clever to have leaked to, say, the paper of record in Cincinnati, hey, we've got a high-profile center back that we're engaged in some pretty intense negotiations on. Giving you that sort of vague rumor thing, and maybe yeah. they give you a, a Premier League team attached to it or something, um, maybe you run with it, maybe you don't, maybe you just tweet it, but yeah. it is a way for the team to use their contacts to influence how fans are perceiving it. Because we're on this podcast last year going, oh, Albright doesn't care about this season. He's going he's gonna to wait through this this thing. And, you know, I, not that we are some great influence makers or anything like that. But it it starts to build a narrative that he could have crushed with a couple of text messages to you or Laurel or Mo Egger or whoever, right? So yeah, I think he really picks and chooses his spots like with surgical precision. Mm. And as far as not being more out there, and again, if Chris or anyone from the club is, will listen to this, they're <laughs> yeah. not. I am. You're, I, you're in a safe space. I, no. <laughs> yeah. You guys would probably be surprised, but um, you know, I, I I do truly appreciate the time the guy gives me. Yeah, but like, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, this is something I would. Uh, it's, it's a compliment, if anything. The the strange part for me that I can't wrap my head around, as far as him not being out there more, is that. If you've ever been around the guy, you know he's like just classic type A, like mm. super, like you just, if you are in a room with him, you are gravitating toward him immediately. His personality draws you in, you know, you, it, he's the kind of person you like just want to be around because he's warm and he's, 
he's funny during the uh the february 10th preseason match you know he was he he looks like he's part of the lindner family he's you know giving um martha uh you know a hug and a little kind of the high peck on the cheek like you would to your auntie you know he's yeah. just like he's <laughs> so personable he's so accessible in person which is just such a stark contrast to how he operates in the job yeah, yeah. it makes me it makes me wonder what your city philly did to him like did they break <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I think I can speak for all all three of us on at least this point that we've been really big fans of the work that he's done sure. yes. with the team. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> and I don't want to undersell how 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 much I really you know appreciate the things that he's done and the moves that he's made, the coaching staff that he's put together, um, the culture that seems to be around the team that they turned around, you know, so, yes. so quickly. And I mean, like you have people like Eric Lehigh and Jeff Lorenowitz, like yeah. in the, in like Academy jobs, you know, yeah. uh, Jeff Lorenowitz, I guess doing, going to be doing <laughs> some radio for the team soon, but, um, uh, but it does, but the, on the other hand, you know, something we've been talking about on here was, there was like kind of a shocking lack of buzz, you know, like leading, leading into the off season and in around preseason and what, and given the season they had last year and what our expectations are. Right. And what I think, you know, fairly expectations around the team should be going into the season with all the appropriate caveats. Um, it almost made me wonder, like, are they nervous that, that, that they're not going <laughs> to, that they're not going to, that, that like stuff didn't come off in the off season like they hoped it would, or that there's just a little bit of uncertainty around how they're, how they're going to start the year. Yeah. Uh, it is something that we've seen and Pat, maybe you can speak more to this is that the club feels like everything is being pushed to last second. Like the kit release is a week before the games and some of the Apple stuff isn't finalized until a couple of days before. And which to be uh, fair, some of that's on the league. Some yes. right. yeah, yeah. Some some the stupidity league. of the no, league. And I'm not saying the club is doing this, but I'm just saying they're being pulled in so many different directions and everything has to be lined up at the same time. Do you feel that? internal stress being around the club well so i'm gonna yeah. throw in a couple of other things right like it felt like a lot of like player moves we were expecting didn't happen on like a very quick timeline or you know they released uh roster numbers today and yeah. kenneth vermeer was not included even though like i mean he's we technically all, on the roster right yeah so like, <laughs> we all, like, there's been there's been no announcement that he's that he's gone right so um yeah i think i i personally think a lot of this stuff goes back to the league which really does do a miserable job of building hype toward it it's, thank you itself <laughs> um it's i mean it, it's it yeah it's, it's really infuriating from my perspective i can't tell you how many news releases from mls uh, of matters varying from completely insignificant, I would never write about this anyway, all the way to 
holy crap, there are two more teams in the playoffs now. Um, you know, how many of these news releases hit my inbox this, w- this week? And yeah. how many, <laughs> you know, just things they're now shoving onto my plate that I can either pass on, which I don't really want to do, but basically have to do in, in certain cases because it's Wednesday night now and I'm still being offered opportunities to create my own content about their new content that they're just jamming in, you know, uh, yeah, uh, three days before the season starts. I, I mean, it's really, really crazy. I don't know why it goes like this. It has always gone like this, I feel like, at least since FC Cincinnati's been in the league. Um, I get that, you know, it's a growing league. So when you have a $2.5 billion TV deal, for instance, um, you know, enter, enter the chat, so to speak, you're going to spend every, you're going to use as much time as possible to give Apple what they want. So like, I can understand some of the delays in announcing who the broadcast teams are going to be. And, you know, again, they, they introduced eight more people today. It was just yeah. like, and, and that's going to, that gets bare. I mean, like big names, like Warren Barton is on there, you know, or, like, or stupid stuff too. Like we had Tom Galoiter on the podcast last week and he's not able to is that, confirm. Is that his name? What? Tommy G. Tom Galoiter. The letter is how I would have gone, but you know, it's either way. Whatever. I'm like, like he's on, however he pronounces his name. He's on the show last week, and he can't even confirm he's doing the radio because they haven't sent the press release out. And so we're all dancing around it and making a joke about it. But that's how last minute all this stuff is: is that something as inconsequential and so well known as that Tommy G and Kevin will be back doing the radio again. They could, we couldn't even talk about it because they didn't have a release ready on time. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And I don't put that on FC Cincinnati at all. At some point, like you're only going to be able to juggle so many balls at one time. Mm -hmm. And if the league is preventing you and you know what, this goes back to the Kenneth Vermeer thing too. Things are going to get, you know, overlooked and frankly lost because FC Cincinnati is fighting so hard to tread water this week and Mm. things will even out over time. And then, you know, we can come back to things like what happened to Kenneth Vermeer? What was the timeline? Like, why is this playing out the way it is? Um, But it, it shouldn't be like that. And I I think MLS completely uh, ties the clubs up in, you know, hand ties the, the clubs up hamstrings whatever the freaking turn of <laughs> phrase is for god's sake see it happens um, to everybody yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hard part too is that um because it seems like we're being down right now what's what yeah. sucks about this is yeah. that like the team looks exciting yeah it looks exciting it yeah, i have the- i have been i haven't been this fired up about an fc cincinnati team probably since the first season going into MLS. And even then that excitement was mostly, I'm excited to be here. I didn't think the team was going to be any good, but this, this should be the apex moment for FC Cincinnati. They retained the core of a roster that got better over the course of last season. They are starting this year in a better position than they started last year looking to build. They're going to have opportunities to add players to improve over the course of the year. There are some incredibly compelling storylines on this team right now. You've got 
Brandon Vasquez, who is made his first national team call up looking to win a golden boot. You've got Brenner, who is looking to play his way to Europe. You've got Roman Celentano, possibly in his first season as a full-time starter from wire to wire for the year. You've got the improved defense. It's just, there is so much good show. You know, he was the MVP candidate last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, contend for MVP again this year. I don't, I can't, I don't want to give them credit for playing it out this way, but it's almost like MLS taking parity to the extreme degree and like no one gets more buzz than anyone else at the start of the season. So FC Cincinnati fans are only going to be as hyped as San Jose earthquake fans and real Salt Lake fan. You know what I mean? Um, And that sucks. Like people, this town should be, I'm not, it's, you know, look, I have, I have, have no delusions or illusions about what FC Cincinnati is in this town compared to like the Bengals, but there's no reason there shouldn't be a tangible buzz, even if it's just in our little soccer ecosystem. And frankly, um, you know, they're only starting the season one day earlier than they did last year. I know it feels maybe earlier because FC Cincinnati never starts at home. It never opens the season at home. But so like there's a sense memory of just doing this a little bit later in the late winter slash early spring for people locally. But it's hard to tell there's, the, the freaking season is starting on Saturday. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just a shame because FC Cincinnati is a legitimate MLS Cup contender. There are so many players that are interesting for so many reasons. You know, they had a 15-year-old for, who for about 15 minutes was uh, the hardest working player on the field against the defending Eastern Conference champions this preseason. And also uh, – like four days later, he w- happened to be the team's leading scorer in preseason for you know yeah. about ten minutes before another teenager <laughs> before another teenager on the team pulled into a tie, right? For- a teenager who's a local kid, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's, let me ask well, you that then. So let's maybe, let's maybe, start why there. Don't, why don't we Why don't we hype ourselves up, guys? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yes. Do we? Well, I mean, thinking about this too, FCC came into existence when the Reds were terrible, right? And so they got to occupy that space in the summer. Yeah. It was very funny because right as FCC hits MLS in that COVID year in 2020 in particular, the Reds like made the expanded playoff field and like they were a little bit on the upswing when FCC was, was hurting. This is setting up for the best FCC team of all time, and the Reds are in the running for the worst Major League Baseball team of all time this year. So if you're a local sports radio outlet of any way, shape, or form, you might want to start reading up uh, on on inverting the pyramid because you you might only (laughs) have soccer to be talking about this this year. Um, I am – no, I am very excited about this season. Um, So let's get into it. Let's talk about the season. This is – I I am – this is the first week it's felt real. This is the first week where I've looked and I've got a a game to go to on the weekends. Let's hype it up. Let's get people hype when they're listening Let's to this. I want it, people, I want people yeah. listening in their cars to start driving too fast because yes. they are hyped up about what this season's going to be. So, so let's, let's like orient ourselves, right? Like, cause yeah. I, I, I think I feel pretty comfortable saying this is it end of the season last year, you know, like the last day of the regular season or even the day that FC Cincinnati lost to Philadelphia union in the playoffs. 
I think there's a really strong argument that FC Cincinnati was the second best team in the East. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. At that, like on that day. Yeah. At that point in time. I, I think you can make that argument today. Yeah. yeah. And I think the experts have made that argument. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So <laughs> no, I, uh, I, what I have here to, to help us preview the season, I've got a, a series of hot takes that we can, we can dissect that we can, uh, we can agree, disagree, uh, pick apart however we'd like. Um, and I'll, I'll start with this one and I'll throw it to you, Pat. We're going to throw all these to you first, since you okay. are, are the, uh, the newest co-host. We'll, we'll say it that way <laughs> rather than guest. Um, the goalkeeping position is up for grabs to begin the year. Uh, I think it was. Okay. Well, okay. I think, I guess that's a two part answer. I think yeah. the competition was very real. Um, I think Roman will have won the job, has won the job for Saturday. Yeah. Do you want there me to elaborate? Goes. For or Saturday. You? Yes. And I would love you to elaborate because for Saturday implies that there's going to be competition throughout the year when to me i see alec khan as the or can as the most tradable asset on this team which makes it interesting that they're continuing to hold on to him that is a great point i think ah that's really tough here's the thing and one of my main concerns for what ends up being really the whole any team with any kind of aspiration of relevancy or coming close to touching a trophy this year is depth because we've all seen the numbers the teams that aspire to be relevant and touch trophies touch silverware this year are going to end up playing close to if not more than 60 games so i think this year more than any other year when you don't know what testing your what 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 60 games is going to look like for a squad of 28, 29, 30 players, I think this year more than any other, it makes sense to hang on to can. Um, like we saw last year, I think, but whether it's, you know, Vermeer playing in the open cup, I think can was, might've still been, was he still hurt at that stage? He, he, he got hurt. Yeah. He got hurt in against, the um, in the world yeah. up against uh, Pittsburgh. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh my God, you're at, you're, that's absolutely right. Okay, so whether it's Vermeer, who was the de facto backup at that point, um, or an, an injury to your starter at another point, throw in League's Cup, um, I think you will be three wide in terms of goalkeepers. FC Cincinnati will be anyway, because they have that luxury. They'll be going three wide at the goalkeeper mm. position. All three of those guys are going to see time. And it, it shouldn't be looked at as a bad thing, provided, you know, all three are healthy. If it's Loro in the U.S. Open Cup or Can in the League's Cup, like, they just have that depth right now. And I feel like they're going to be eager. They should be eager to use it, again, because FC Cincinnati's never been in this position before. Like, your Philadelphia Unions, they've had to balance, like, going to the semifinals of Champions League. Or yeah. they've had several deep open cup runs, uh, maybe in the last ten years. Um, yeah. You know they know what it's all about in terms of balancing uh, multiple, you know, competitions at once. But there are three. There are three competitions right now. So, look, I also don't think there's a ton of room between Celentano and Can. So mm-hmm. yeah, if 
if Celentano drops the bag, which it could totally that can that's entirely conceivable. The guy is still so young. Yeah. Um, you know, it was great that he got the call up, but that didn't anoint him as the starter for FC Cincinnati. Can is a veteran pro in this league. Uh, and I'm sure he used that time to his advantage with, you know, as a competitor, I know those guys are pretty tight. The goalkeeping group at FC Cincinnati is very tight, but can is probably licking his chops at Celentano walking away from the whole thing for 10, 14 <laughs> yeah. minutes because it's all about me. I'm the guy I'm going to show them why it needs to be me this season. And I think he almost did. Um, but ultimately I think it will be Celentano, but if Celentano drops the bag, he's still a young guy. I think they still need Can to show him how to be a pro in this league as well as he played last year. Um, so I think Can is useful in several yeah. respects. But well, I don't disagree with you, Chief. If they wanted to trade him, I think you've got Loro to go to right there. They've got another a fourth guy who will be on the first team roster, Walker? Paul Walters. Walters. Bring him along. He's not going to dress for anything, but they're bringing him along. So it could be a very tradable asset. So you yeah. think he, you think he stays on the first team roster? Whoa, Walters? that was my, that was my next statement. Oh, was, shoot. Can doesn't finish the year on FC Cincinnati. Oh. No, no, I mean, I mean, Walters. Oh, okay. 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 You think, you think Walters will stay on the first team roster? Or? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. Just kind of like Steven Jimenez. They just, you know, if you're like Walters was quietly like, Look, FCC two was a mess last year. It won't mm -hmm. be that way this year. But you've got guys who are like just getting ready to really make that jump. I think you want them in the first team environment consistently to get them to get them there mm -hmm. to where they need to be to where they can contribute. Because right. if you take the step down to FCC two, I think it, you know, Walters Jimenez could get complacent, could get cocky. So I think you just need to keep them around in the in the first team environment. Fair yeah. Enough. And it makes sense too, as we discussed, if Can is a tradable asset, you want a fourth goalkeeper in, in this setup to yeah. eventually yeah. go back to three. So yeah, so the next statement was Can doesn't finish the year on FC Cincinnati, but you've convinced me. Wow. That, yeah. Between I'm so sorry. I didn't know <laughs> No, no, this was great. This is great. And I, I thought Grayson had stumbled right into it. Uh no, that if FC Cincinnati wants to make a real run at something, they are going to need a backup like Can. And yeah. And maybe one of the other younger guys steps up uh, to the point where Can feels expendable at that point. But I think you've convinced it, me he, he sticks it around. Is such, it is such a good point, though, that there are so many games this year this team is going to need mm -hmm. to play. And for better or worse last year, they kind of ran the first team ragged a yes. little bit. Yes. And there is going to be a the, the, there is going to be a test this year for all these teams that are aspirational to find ways to reduce minutes and it, it's almost it's funny it's it's in vogue in the NBA the idea of load management and this is going to be the first year in MLS where load management is actually something that needs to be considered as you work through all these games as you work through all these various points in the season um depth is going to be such a huge huge thing for yeah. all these teams this 100%. year 100% and um I do worry a little bit that there are certain areas where FC Cincinnati is a little bit thin. Um, 
and that could get a lot thinner depending on how moves are made at the summer window. So I think that's a very yeah. much an ongoing storyline to keep your finger on the pulse of if you're a fan base and you're watching this team. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, so the next one I got here, Santi Arias will be the best wing back on the team. Oh, man, that's <laughs> tough. I got to tell you, there's a big love affair with Alvaro Barrial right now. Yeah. Like FC Cincinnati. <laughs> They've always liked him, obviously. But, you know, for starting out as like not, not quote unquote, Noonan's and Albright's guy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they inherited him. He is their guy now. Uh, and that's that's it's so good to hear. Like that's honestly, to hear. I, I got to tell you, the, the whole cool. thing freaking warms my heart. Um, I love that the plan actually, not without hiccups, but the plan more or less worked with Barial. Yeah. You know, he, it was a good investment to bring him in by Nykamp. He sold it to all of us at the time as literally an investment in the team's future. And Enter Albright and Noonan, exit Yapstam and Gerard stage right. And these guys have brought it over the goal line. They are going to get it finished. I think there's a great chance that Barrial could go, go on and achieve his own, you know, um, dream of playing in Europe at some point in the next couple of years. And um, they're just so high on him right now. So I'm going to say no. Okay, uh, Kevin, because I think Arias has a, a, as much to prove as anyone in terms of being, you know, talk about load management. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to watch this guy. And like wh- what I've, what I have seen and heard of him is like you watch him play and you just totally get how he ended up at um, in, in La Liga at multiple clubs at PSV Eindhoven um, two world cups. You, you watch him play. And you just like it clicks. You're just like, ah, there it is. That's it. <laughs> um, but the guy's got like a history of crazy injuries. I'll give him credit in that, you know, he was out of contract last year, but it's not like or like late last summer, but it's not like he was um injured, I don't think, at that time. So it's been more than a year. To, uh, he, he broke down the timeline for me in Florida. Um, it's escaping me a little bit. So so you spoke to him in Florida then. Yeah. So do you have any insight onto, because we wondered about this aloud on the podcast, what was the delay from bringing him in to actually announcing the signing? Was it the team evaluating him to make sure that he really was behind the injuries or was it more mundane that they were just waiting for paperwork to get done? Absolutely. That was it, man. I wrote about this. Uh, Which of the two? I forget. What's that? <laughs> was it Was it they were evaluating him for the injury or was it just uh... – like paperwork delays. Um. Okay. So ninety percent evaluation, ten percent paperwork. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, so like, I think he couldn't play in. Uh, he couldn't play against like against USF or something because he had mm. to go. No, he played back. against. He played against USF. So I think that was where Noonan said that he showed like a burst of speed or something. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're um, absolutely right. But he didn't play against Nashville? He didn't play against Philly. Philly, okay. He was always slated to talk to us after that game. There was some question as to whether they'd go through with that because he didn't play. They brought him out anyway after the game. And uh, he had just gotten back the night before 
because he was acquiring his whatever yeah. paperwork he needed. So, gotcha. um, what was the prompt, Chief? I, <laughs> I was just curious. Like, so they were just they were just what evaluating the, the injury. Yeah, was what they were doing. Yeah, making sure yeah. They no, still play. It, it was fascinating because at Noonan. By the way, it, you got it, it. Like now that I've seen some games in a rare situation where like no one else in the Cincinnati soccer ecosystem more or less saw them. I can tell you when Noonan speaks about a game, like whether you've watched it or not, you can completely take everything he said to the bank, like his assessments, his evaluations. He doesn't bullshit you. He doesn't pull punches. Uh, he doesn't lie. Um, he knows how to craft. He knows how to deftly maneuver around a touchy subject, but even there, like, you know, it doesn't get touchier than some of the Brenner stuff we've seen this offseason. And he's just taken it head on, um, you know, in terms of Brenner's like this. So anyway, long yeah. story short, take Pat Noonan's word to the bank. And another example of that was him walking us through um, the Arias signing where, yeah, it's like you've got this guy in camp. He did two weeks in Milford, still wasn't signed when they went to Florida. They do three weeks and a long, a long weekend um, down in Florida, still not signed. And it's, it's kind of like, how is a player of this pedigree, like, still here but not signed? And they really, really, really just wanted to see if the guy could keep it together physically. That was all it was. And, um, yeah, he had this, like, burst of speed, turned on the afterburners against USF. And they were convinced at that point because they hadn't hmm. seen anything like that from him to that point. And then I think the the really cool thing was Noonan said now that he had he was probably holding back because he had no safety net when he was unsigned. And then now that he has the contract, you might even see another level from him because he's got that comfort of knowing that he's protected a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's a hell of a sign to know that you signed a guy who was giving you 80% effort because he didn't want to blow a tire. <laughs> yeah. And that 80% was still good enough to get him the contract. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, man, it was it was a fascinating thing to hear everyone talk about. But um yeah, you're absolutely right. And if he can stay healthy, he'll be great. Oh. I think Barrial will be better though. Okay. Well, that's, no, that's just, great. that's hype as hell. You love to hear that. He'll be great. Barrial will be better. That's awesome. Yeah, right, right. What, a, what a great position to be in after the last couple of years around here where it's like, yeah. this guy may be okay. The other guy might, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've brought this up uh, last week as well, but the, the second team, sort of the obvious replacements on every position here, if you were to run out that second team, uh, you know, pound for pound, probably more talented than any other team that we've put out for, for FC Cincinnati before uh, Noonan and Albright showed up, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty pretty incredible stuff. So here's one for you, a, 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 a classic. Vasquez will beat his goal tally from last year, and that was wow. 18 goals, by the way. This is a lot Look, of goals. And, and be aware, I'm listening very carefully to this with the FanDuel app open right now. So. <laughs> that's, well, 60, that's 60 cents in advertising about to get doubled. Go, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he did take a penalty during preseason. So He did. Yeah. If, he's, if he's taking penalties this year. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, that is interesting. Lucha was very much in that game too at that moment. Um, and he's usually their go-to penalty taker. Yeah, look. Um, oh, it's. I'll tell you. I, I think he'll. I think he'll. Matt, I I would hammer the over, Chief. Okay. I would say I'd like over to hear. Eight, over eighteen goals. It's a big ask, right? But look, he's got a goal for um, FC Cincinnati already this year. Like Grayson said, it was from the spot. Whatever. Because he scored from the run of play with basically a cast of strangers playing all around him for the national team. That was incredibly encouraging. I thought yeah. the goal too. Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So a um, little concerning that he didn't come back from that camp and score from the run of play. Like, it's just like a blip on my radar. I'm watching it. Like it would have been, it would have been better. Like I, right. I was really happy in the absence of Brenner to see Sergio score twice against yeah. Nashville. I would have liked to see one more from Brandon from the run of play. No alarm bells yet. Just something to keep an eye on. And even with that, I still think he'll do better than 18 goals this year. Just every time that you think this guy's going to top, he's that he's he's topped off uh, and, and hit his ceiling, he completely crashes through it into a new level. I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet, and I, I don't – think he's going to this season so short answer here i think uh 18 goals are better from vasquez this oh, year he, if he I scores like 18 it. goals this season this will be his last season Absolutely. playing for FC Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> and if i mean really i would put that national team goal in the tally for him already forget yeah. the preseason goal against philly but you put that national team goal uh, on film for the world to see. So in terms of like an impending departure, clubs will see that and love it, you know, goal on the yeah. international stage. So one down, 17 to go, just tested only, only 18 more uh, required for. <laughs> it's fine. Club. He's got this. Yeah. yeah we, don't have to, we don't have to like go on and on about it, but I really do think that's one of those goals where it's like you throw the, the you throw the, with that finish, you throw the competition out the window, you know? Yeah. Like by There's the way, no way, that was that was Petrovich. Like that was one of the best goalies in MLS. But like, <laughs> yeah. that's a finish that's dangerous against literally anybody. Yeah, Petrovich, who just just quietly, guys, being scouted by uh, Manchester United. Yeah, right. Now. right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so related to the Vasco's prompt, this one is Santos and Baji will combine to match. Or beat Brenner's goal total oh. last year, which was also 18. <laughs> wow. You get both. Okay. They will so, essentially so, have to replace him halfway through the year. Yeah, so sure. I have a, I'll right, go ahead. Chief, you go ahead. Know, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, the, the problem with this prompt is that I have this really hot take that Sergio Santos, if you played him a full season, he would score two goals, but he would draw 10 more in terms of fouls in the box caused by speed <laughs> where he won't get credit for the goal but uh vasquez or lucho will calmly walk to the spot and finish off what he started that yeah that that's where his real asset is i don't know if this is true or not but they should do this if you draw a penalty and somebody else scores it you should get the assist I think I think that is a step. Or you get to throw a up. tantrum right on top, <laughs> right at the top of the Right, probably like, more that one. You, yeah. get the, you get the right to stand over the ball and then pout as you're shoved away by the team captain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, so do you think um, the non-Brenner options can match yeah. his goal output? Yeah. Look, <laughs> the answer to this question is no. Yeah. But I had I, I had a really fascinating conversation uh, with someone on the technical side of FC Cincinnati, I guess I'll say, while I was in Clearwater. And the answer, the, 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 the subject is like, if Brenner leaves, and obviously they would need some, whether it's in the August window, and I trust they have someone in mind to bring in for that eventuality, at some point this season, whether it's Brenner's mentality, kind of, I, I think he's prone to be a little erratic. Like he can, he could score five goals in a game or he could just be a complete no-show. I think on a given basis, I personally think, and I don't think this was, I didn't think this was too outrageous until recently um, when I started reading some feedback from fans who, who saw this and disagreed. I just think the guy's a little bit unpredictable in terms of what you can get. Can, but can you replace Brenner's production basically with what you have behind him yeah. in the depth chart? I think in the aggregate, you can use Don Baji, Sergio Santos, Archimedes Ordonez. Can he score a goal or two this year? Absolutely. Throw that in there. And uh, let's throw Steven Jimenez in there just for fun. So let's take those four players. If those yeah. four players can give you six to 10 goals, and like Chris Albright told me in the QA I did with him down there and published on Monday, he wants to see this defense give up 10 fewer goals than last year. Um, so that's, that would be 46 goals allowed. You are subtracting at least eight goals from your goals scored margin. I think you're still where you want to be. Yeah. If you sure. can replay, if you can get six to 10 goals combined from Jimenez, Ordonez, Baji, and Santos and give up 10 fewer goals, you are Pat, in a fine spot. You're yeah. blowing my mind. I never thought about making up Brenner's production via better defense. I don't know why that never occurred to me. <laughs> well, but the other yeah, thing, your, your goal so, differential could improve losing yeah, Brenner. Yeah, actually. I'm if, so if things here's play a, out. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's a question. Like for you. Said it like that. I love it. No, I love that. Here's, here's a question about Brenner because it's kind of, kind of a strange. It's how, what's the right way to think about the fact that half of his goals came in three games? Yes. No, so, I think that's part of it too. So I yeah. have a lot of, I have a lot of skepticism about Brenner and there's nothing underhanded in it. Like there's no real malice in this, you know, like I'm just skeptical of the guy and everyone looks at him. I feel like a lot of the really, really lofty predictions for FC Cincinnati this year um, from some of those pundits at MLSsoccer.com, it's rooted in the idea that like the attack is going to replicate or better itself from last year, which is in no way, shape, or form a given for me because of Brenner. Right. He, he, you know, like, so he's, there's no question. The guy is an incredible talent. Okay. I usually give you guys a hot take at some point during my appearance. I love it. Can this be it? <laughs> Please go, go off. You guys, my, all right. I want it. Look, he scored useful goals that got FC Cincinnati points. Okay. 
I feel like I need to state that at the beginning. <laughs> decision day. A hat trick on decision day. I don't care if they won by 10 goals and he scored the last three. A hat trick on decision day when they needed to win or needed a result. Huge performance. Maybe the biggest in FC Cincinnati history. And it, I don't like saying that, but maybe it was. Okay. He put five past NYCFC. Two of them got waved off and three of them counted. And they got a point out of that game at TQL Stadium. Huge game from him. Um, I think he scored at least one of the goals at Real Salt Lake, which was yeah. a huge win for them at a critical moment in the season. Okay. But let's look at some of the others. He had three hat tricks last year, right? Two of his goals against San Jose Earthquakes <laughs> came after the 90th minute yes. when the horse was out of the barn already and FC Cincinnati was leading for nothing. Those goals are meaningless to me. Yep. Okay. I know, you know, with goal differential being a tiebreaker, like tech, you know, you have to count them all. If you could win by more, why wouldn't you? I get, uh, right. yeah, I get all of that. Yeah. Those are not meaningful goals for me. Okay. Anytime he is pouring it on against an inferior opponent. Um, I'm not impressed by that. Okay. And it doesn't scream like Nottingham forest. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I feel like that shouldn't be controversial. Apparently it is. Uh, I, again, I, this is a new realization for me. People really want to defend Brenner. I don't get it. Um, nope. You know, I want to see him take over and he did score against Philly in the regular season, albeit at TQL stadium. Sure. I want to see him take over a game against Philly at Philly in the Eastern conference semifinal. That's a yes. player that goes to the premier league and does something and gets a $15 million return in the transfer fee. You know, it, yeah, it, I want to see Brenner take over a game against New York Red Bulls at New York Red Bulls in the playoffs. It's it's interesting with Brenner because I was criticized roundly on here by my co-host for being a Brenner hater for majority of the year. <laughs> and look, again, same thing as you. The the results speak for themselves to a certain extent. But when you watch Brenner play, it's usually that you can tell pretty early on in a game whether this is a Brenner game or this is yeah. not a Brenner game. Yeah. And yeah. When you when the person I compare it to is almost like a um, like a Kirk Cousins in the NFL or one of those <laughs> players where you look at the final stats and the stats are gaudy, but then you go back to the individual games and you're like, well, he no showed this important primetime game. Yeah, he came up small in this other game, and then when they were playing the Colts, he threw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, right. and it all adds up to what looks like, oh, he should be in the MVP race. But no, yeah. if you watch game to game. It just isn't there. And to me, a lot of the predictions about Brenner and what the this offense can be is going to depend in large part on Brenner being threatening every game, where yeah. even if he's not scoring, he's creating chaos. Um, he's creating opportunities for the players. And there were just too many games for me where Brenner just disappeared in games when they could have used him to... I mean, you know, the difference between a draw and scoring one more goal is two additional points. And those points matter over the course of a year or coming back to to save a draw when you're down. And there are a lot of games where just Brenner could have been or should have been a bigger part of the game and just wasn't there. And I'm I'm hopeful that last year was the first year that he really started flexing the firepower and that if he wants to be motivated to get to Europe, that the consistency is the thing that he's hopefully going for this year. But I, I don't even think that's a hot take that when you have a player that doesn't produce evenly, if it's say 20 goals for Brenner, 
but they all come in 10 games or 15 goals from his replacements, but they're spread out. The 15 goals may be a bigger deal. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I don't, I don't disagree. And I know I brought up the topic of, of, you know, the, the number of games that Brenner scored in, but um, I think the, he scored a lot of goals that were like really kind of special, you know, that I don't think anybody else on the team scores. And then I don't want to go back to our old favorite topic too much, but I, I really feel like over the last two seasons, he's gotten something like six to eight goals taken away from him because of, because of poor ref decisions that mm-hmm. were just demonstrably questionable. wrong. Like questionable officiating decisions. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like saying that that ball against NYCFC that, that led to his back heel. Um, yeah. All the, all the footage I saw, like that ball looked inbounds and the, there's no way the ref, the, the sideline ref from the position he was in could have, could have seen that. Yeah. Um, he's been called off offside a number of times when, yeah. you know, if, if that was a player against FC Cincinnati, I don't think, if it's Derek Etienne, I don't think he's called offside. Uh, well, we know think, he's not, but yes. And I think the goal, and I think the goal stands. So, um, no, you, know, you know what's funny about that, Grayson? Uh, with the Apple TV deal, we know that they're getting a number, uh, a, a number of additional cameras and camera angles. We might have better VAR decisions because there are better, higher quality cameras at every stadium. This could be a breakout season on top of a breakout season for Brenner if he's getting five or six extra goals tacked back on. Yeah, we've still got the pensos running out there every weekend. So, uh, no, but I, I think it's a good point. And it's funny, uh, the, the person who turned me on to this idea, Alexi Lawless, when he does his MVP voting, uh, he says he only ever votes for a goal scorer, and his first criteria is number of games scored in. He doesn't look at goal hmm. total. He wants number of games scored yeah. in. If you can do it consistently, you can rely on your other teammates uh, to score a goal, but if you can contribute at least a goal a game, You've you've already set your team up for is success. It, is it bad? I was way more with you till you revealed it was Alexi Lawless that had the point. <laughs> I know, right? The worst person in the world makes a great point on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. No, uh, Pat, this is very funny because you backed into two other points I had, so I will skip them, but they were the defense will rise to Albright's challenge from your piece that they'll concede fewer than 46 goals this season. And the other one was Ordonez, a local kid, will score and assist seven goals, but I'm happy to throw him into the replacement. It's a lot. But there's a lot of games to play between the Open Cup and Leagues Cup. If he's the Lucho replacement in that setup, and he's getting, I don't know, Mm. 25% of the regular season minutes in that spot, I don't know. Doesn't seem impossible. At some point, they need a homegrown signing to, like, hit. Yeah. And Ordonez is not... You know, going back to this idea of being like a Nycamp guy versus an Albright guy. Yeah. He's a Nycamp guy, but he's hung around. Uh, he had a good preseason. I think he's well-liked. He's He certainly should go to, again, load management. My God. He's going to go to the Under-20 World Cup and play a handful of games there. 
the hope and expectation is he'll come back a stronger player from that and maybe a little bit more professional. Um, and seven, so seven goal contributions, Kevin. Yeah. Score and assist. Yeah. I, yeah. Over. yeah. I hit the All over. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, are we including the under 20 world cup in that? Yeah. What's that? Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He crushes it for, uh, is it Guatemala? I feel yeah, like I messed yeah. this Guatemala. up last time. Okay. Um, no, that's that's awesome. Uh, so this one, I'll, I've got two more here. I don't want to waste too much of your, your no, evening no, here. Uh, Angulo starts more games than Junior Moreno. <sighs> I don't think so. Ooh, okay. More of a uh, one for the future in Angulo. Yeah, I, I do think you will see more of Angulo going down the stretch toward the playoffs, and he'll probably feature in the playoffs if, you know, assuming, God forbid, they're not in the top nine teams in the East. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. So, when, I'm going to say when playoffs yes. happen, uh, I think you'll see him have taken over or FC Cincinnati, like basically ceremonially handed over the reins to him by that point. But over the course of the season, no. Okay. Yeah. I guess I was going into the season thinking he's a hyped youth prospect and knowing there would be some degree of, you know, betting in to borrow a, a British phrase. Um, <laughs> But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought he would have grabbed it uh, more by the horns by that point. But obviously, you've been around the team more. so Hey, prove me wrong. Prove me yeah. wrong. <laughs> I like the insight there. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the other one I got here, FCC will be competing in, or essentially for, four trophies. The Supporters' Shield, MLS Cup, the Open Cup, and the League's Cup. I have here, the FC wins silverware. Oh. <laughs> you ready you ready to give them one of the cups and or shields <laughs> okay so oh man i don't think i am i don't think okay. i am oh. I don't think I <laughs> come on look here's what i think is going to happen here i have four cat in various pieces coming out from cincinnati.com and usa today gives up it's shorter but in a way, it's a more um, – it's a, it's a better breakdown of how I think the East will look this year okay. overall because that's for a broader audience. Um, I think FC Cincinnati will – I can actually be quite specific here. I think they will lose in the Eastern Conference final to Philadelphia. Oh, gosh. I know. I know. Right in the I heart. I think they will uh, go to the Open Cup semifinal – Okay. I'm not sure what will happen in the League's Cup, but I fully expect they will win their group, which they are hosting Ooh, the games in. I like I that. Love that. Against Chivas. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Probably Chivas. Probably Chivas the Cup. They're going yeah. to force me to care about the League's Cup here. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I didn't, I didn't expand on my prediction for League's Cup beyond that, other than they'll win the group and be – conceivably in a good position for the round of 16 game. So they'll definitely compete. I guess I, I guess, I guess I'm ruling out MLS cup and the open cup, but why not the open cup? I mean, what the hell? What? <laughs> we already just talked about how good their two team is. And it's like one of yeah, the best teams yeah. they've fielded. So here's a question that goes along with that. 
is this a must-win year for FC Cincinnati? Yeah. Well, winning fact, is a different question. Yeah, must win what? Given the fact, <laughs> well, I mean, given the fact that Brenner is probably on the move this summer, yeah. that if Vasquez has the year we're predicting for him, Vasquez is probably going to be on the move. Yeah. If not this summer, then certainly this winter. Are is this the window for this version of FC Cincinnati right now? Yeah, I definitely think that and have thought that. I haven't written that anywhere, so you guys wouldn't know that. But I, I've felt that way for a while. Um, you know, they're also going to have to make a decision on Lucho this year. Yeah. Or does he have an? He has an option here. I think he has an option. Uh, yeah. So I don't know why I'm why I'm correcting you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 information. No, yeah. Grayson know. knows the contracts. Listen, no, Grayson I, just talks confidently, I, I and we all just believe him. I don't <laughs> think that he knows anything. Uh, okay. Well, assuming he's not bluffing there, I didn't know. I genuinely, I, I couldn't recall. So look, there's going to be a decision made about Lucho this year. Um, you know, based on what uh laurel failer reported about him maybe that conversation is somewhere down the line i honestly don't know um and maybe that decision the final decision there will come sooner rather than later um to see him on the field and engaged i tend to think he's content with the world and that probably means his future is being taken care of in some form but I honestly don't know. So look, anyway, this could be a walk year for Lucho too. Um, it's a year where depending on if Alvaro, if Alvaro Barrial lives up to expectations, you could see him go. Um, and obviously you mentioned Brenner and Vasquez. I think Vasquez is probably gone one way or another. And uh, I think the same with Brenner. So yeah, this is, this is kind of the last dance for this FC Cincinnati team. Uh, you know, that's a tough, that's going to be a tough sell for a fan base that, you know, the general population of might not understand like where MLS fits in the big picture of global soccer here, but that's what sustainability looks like. And, um, you know, if, if, if we're led to believe that Albright and Noonan are here to introduce the Philadelphia Union way to Cincinnati, which, you know, I think you'd like it to be a little bit more original and a little more authentic to Cincinnati, but it's a model that works. And if it works, there should be suitable replacements either coming from FCC two, or it'll be Archimedes Ordonez and Steven Jimenez, or you're just going to reinvest some of that money and bring in, you know, other players. So, yeah, I think this is, this is basically the last dance for this iteration of FC Cincinnati. So bring it on, baby. This is it. My Apple Watch is talking to me. I'm sorry. No, no. Reminding you to subscribe to MLS League Pass on Apple TV. (laughs) It sounds like you're talking about MLS. I've been pushing the reminder off for like three weeks. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, I mean, this is an exciting season that like this is 
this is it, right? Like this is is this is like the last dance for FCC in a lot of ways that we've got this team, this yeah. trio, this defense coming I feel, back. I feel like yeah. I just took us down a road back towards sadness with that conclusion, which I don't think any. It's I mean, none of I you. Mean the, they won the title in the last dance. I mean, that's a hell of a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna go all the way with that, yeah, for sure. Do you guys yeah. think it's the last dance for this group? I, I, mean, I ask because I, I do. It just it doesn't make sense that a lot of these guys are going to come back. It's yeah. they, they, and it's one of those things, too. It's like we were talking to Tommy G about this last week, and I asked him, how do you, since he's kind of like state-run media to a certain extent, and um, <laughs> how do you sell the city on this idea that just because we're losing players – doesn't make us the Reds. Like there is a difference between losing Castellanos because you're not willing to pay him and you're the Reds and losing Vasquez because quite literally this league isn't where he wants to be. And there are just, you can't offer him what he wants. You can't offer him playing against Chelsea and Man United and, you know, the superstars of world soccer. And his point was just this idea that you have to convince people that when they, when your players are in demand, that's a great thing. So to me, I, I think this is the last dance, but that's not negative. That's hopeful because if it's the last dance, it means that all of these players lived up to their expectations. It means that Brenner had a great first half of the year and earned the big contract he was looking for. It means that Vasquez challenged for the golden boot and became a commodity people were looking for in the winter. It means Barrial really is that guy who has been brought into this system and sort of kicked the door down and found a role for himself when the coaching staff didn't see one for him. Yeah, it means yeah. that all of these guys are playing well. And if that's the case, then your question about are we going to hoist silverware, it becomes exponentially more likely if these guys are on the move. So, yeah, yeah, it's the last dance, but fuck, that's great news if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do. Does Noonan or Albright get any looks from U.S. soccer? You you hinted at it in your your piece with, with Albright. Not, not that you were hinting at that there was anything real, but he was certainly open to it, and you have yeah, to imagine I, their turnaround put them on a radar here. You know, I mean, you wouldn't say I was thinking about Noonan's candidacy for the for, uh, uh, you know, what would assume presumably be, you know, one of the coaching positions. Um, you might say, like, well, he's only been ahead. He's only managed for one season, but he's already been a national team assistant. Um, so he there is a like a breadth of experience there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um He's won silverware in MLS, albeit in Philly with Albright. And, you know, I'll say this for Albright is clearly interested. Um, I didn't, I I personally didn't know, I will concede that he had applied for the GM job. (laughs) The Brian McBride guy. That was a good nugget, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I almost wanted to stop him and be like mid-sentence and be like, is that out there? So I, I don't know if that was out there or not, but uh, like, did you just break a little bit of old history with me? Me? Um, I'll say this for both of them and what I like and what I feel like might be, whether it's knee jerk or whether it's totally necessary, I think they're going to break out from like that old crew of, of dudes from like mm-hmm. the 1990, 1994 World Cup. They're going to, you know, like they've all been grant, you know, like part of the problem 
with Geo Reina, which, you know, Albright also talked about the Geo Reina thing, and he didn't say a lot, if you guys saw the quote. But yeah, he was to watch To watch him say it, well, in, in what little he said made sense, but also to watch him say it, you could see that he was pained by the whole thing because he does know all the people involved. Um, Albright's not part of that kind of juiced in old boys U.S. soccer men's national team club, though. You know, like he's kind of an outsider in that he, he just – like he does know all those people. It's impossible not to know people if you're in U.S. soccer's, if you if you've played any role in its modern history or successes. But you know, I don't think like do I think the Reinas have Albright on speed dial? Maybe, but it's less likely than Ernie Stewart and having Brian McBride's phone number in there. So I just like that they're yeah. kind of they're outsiders in that way. And like I said, whether it's knee jerk or whether it's totally necessary or some combination of the two, I do feel like U S soccer is going to take a lot of these jobs out of that construct that has existed since 1994. You know what I mean? So I like that for both of them for sure. Oh, I just thought of a nightmare scenario. So, Oh God. (laughs) Albright, Albright gets the GM U S soccer job and he He recruits. No, he recruits Curtin, who has already talked about putting together a super group, and he recruits Noonan and Kenny Arena to come be assistants for the national team. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, we can have we can Dom Dom can take us. Dom Kinnear is, is the immediate interim hey, there. Man. He, he, that's, is that's such a great option C though. That's like so much it really is. Dude, he wanted the job at FCC too, if you remember. Yes. Uh, yeah. Probably should have given it to him. him. We should have <laughs> given it to him. It's a major Jimbo. Can he, can he work with the other strikers or is is was <laughs> Vasquez having on a on retainer here. You know, I was. You can tell how much of a life I have outside of my day job, because uh, I was thinking about like, oh man, he's worked wonders with Brandon Vasquez. I wonder if he's offered. Of course, he's offered. He's a freaking coach. I like so. Like, what happens there? Does like Dom Baji just like wave wave Dom Kinnear off? Like, nah. Not today. <laughs> so, I, I know I everything. Tom, Thank Tom you. Tom, Tom Baji is great. He would do that. But like Brenner, totally waving Tom Kinnear off. Yeah. Right? So speak, speaking of that, in um, I listened to a podcast with, with Pat Noonan on it. Yeah. And he mentioned that after Brandon came back from the national team, he gave Dom Kinnear a uh u.s maybe i think his uh u.s men's national team jersey that's amazing and why wasn't there like a video of that on fc cincinnati's twitter or instagram or something like what a what a great moment yeah that like we found out about from that i found out about from uh pat noonan going on some and that I'm Extremely now finding, random podcast. And I'm finding out about recording a podcast with someone who listens to the podcast. <laughs> I'm also just hearing about this. So look, Dom Kinnear's a hysterically funny guy. I actually, for the first time ever in Clearwater, which is part of the value of making these trips, mm-hmm. um, I had a chance to just, um, just bullshit with him 
and we had a few laughs and it was it was on the practice field like it, we didn't go out for a drink or anything but i got to know the guy and kind of see how the gear see how the gears turn in there and i think he is a really selfless person in a lot of aspects of his life i wanted to speak with him last year for a brandon vasquez story once it became evident that vasquez was going to do what he ended up doing last year and you know once it became novel to all of us that he was working with Kinnear, i wanted to talk to dom about that and that was one of only two times in the years i've covered this team since 2016 where someone turned down an interview request hmm. um wow and, and, and his reasoning was i want to keep it i want to keep the focus on brandon Wow. I want to keep the focus on Brandon. So if given the opportunity to have to allow FC Cincinnati to film something like that, I think, one, knowing Brandon and Dom, I think they would probably do it in an intimate setting. And two, if Dom had the choice, if you put it to him, he would say, no cameras. This is for us. I think that's what he would literally say. This is for us. Mm-hmm. for Brandon. Dang. So I think he would, so I don't know. We give them a pass on that one. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's I, so impressive. I, I literally though, yeah. just, I, this is the first I've heard of that. That's in, what a what a touching moment that must have been. Holy crap. Man. Oh, well, heck. <laughs> so that, so before, I, before, yeah. we, before we let you go, two questions. Number one, when you were in Clearwater, was there any thought of converting to Scientology? Because I hear they own the entire town down there. <laughs> That's interesting. I also didn't know that. And I saw no evidence of Scientology whatsoever. There's actually... I don't know that anyone owns Clearwater or if there's like a municipal structure. In there's, no, it's Florida. there's none. There's no zoning in there, Florida. There is so little to do. There is nothing. <laughs> Holy crap. And, uh, I, I mean, thankfully, I had a lot of work to do and like no time to do it over the week I was there. But man, there is even on the beach, like there's no beach action. There's there's no like there's like a main drag i guess but oh god <laughs> the, per- the, perfect, the only place oh. in florida where you can truly focus on your work yeah really really now you it's like to- now i get why they why they it, went to clearwater yeah. you, you go to the other side of the bay and you, the all the establishments on dale mabry might cause a little bit of a distraction second question yeah, no, second right. question second question for you there, uh, this is a topic of conversation uh, among the supporters, and I want to get your take on this. What should the victory song for FC Cincinnati be that plays after matches? I'm really glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this came up in one of my favorite personal. It's just a, a three-man group text, uh, but it's basically strictly FC Cincinnati related. And we all, all three of us consider ourselves pretty juiced into what's going on. We saw this debate burning with the fury of a thousand suns today. It's here's, torn our podcast apart. Here's my thing. Like, if it's not going to be the Killers, and I, I get it. They're, I think they're a Vegas band. Yeah. yeah. Like, or they got together in Vegas, whatever. Okay. Everyone thinks that they're from the UK because for some inexplicable reason, <laughs> they, they are beloved in the UK. Yes. I mean, look, look, I saw them, uh, what the hell, at that, uh, at the, the new music venue um, in Northern Kentucky, 
Mm. Which one's that called? Oh, the it's the it's the oh, it's got this really RoboCop sounding name. It's like the Megacorp Pavilion or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes. So look, I, look, I saw them. I love them. Their merch sucks. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, not it a great actually, idea to be walking actually, around with a shirt that says "Killer" on it when you're yeah. downtown. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I I love I, I like. What are you gonna do, like? I said to my friends, like, you don't have a lot of like options that are going to make you feel great. You know, you can't go 98 degrees here there, you know, you're going to be hard, <laughs> hard pressed to find like a, a hardcore Cincinnati tie-in. Here's a, here's a major outlier that I'm really proud of that I freaking found and that I think would freaking work. If you wanted to go for this vibe, okay. if you wanted to go Anfield, You'll never walk alone. Okay. You go the lights of Cincinnati. Bye. I've never heard of the song before. I don't Hang know on. this I gotta one. look up who wrote. Oh my god, this is great. No, this this is, song has not come up yet. And okay. uh, our Discord uh, went for eight hours about various songs. Scott Walker. Scott so it's Walker. an old song. It looks like it was released. In the 60s, yeah, Scott Walker performed it in 1969, and it's it's a total you'll never walk alone kind of almost like a a hymnal more than anything else. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, check that out. It's a it would totally never fly here. I, I, <laughs> I'm totally gonna regret even putting it into the conversation. Someone's gonna jump down my throat like. No, no, it's perfect. Put the podcast out. I'm just floored that you came up with a suggestion that didn't come up on any of the online forums that I am frequenting right now. The lights of Cincinnati. Lights of Cincinnati. Okay, I'll I'll give you a Play that on the landing uh, path to CVG as you're flying over Cincinnati or near it and tell me that's not a freaking tearjerker, man. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what you do there. I don't think the killers is it, but. What the, the hell if it's not the killers, I think it has to be shut up and dance. Walk the moon. Right. Walk the moon. Right. Right. Like right. that's the, that's the other cheesy pop song that yeah. everybody knows and will sing. Um, what, what's wait, wait? I'm having I'm driving a brain fart here. What, which killer song is it? Mr. Brightside. That's not even a half. That's an extremely depressing song from yeah, just, the perspective of the artist. Or like if you're if you like put yourself in the song. Like I'm a I'm a huge narcissist, so I do that a lot. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like a really depressing song. Yeah. There's a lot of pain and heartache in that. I don't want that as the. Well, I, I'm not celebrating anything except my breakup last year when i listened to that like that sucks that song sucks man (laughs) thank you thank you yes what do you like to hear grayson what do you grayson do you like it or what no i uh i don't um i I don't i'm not i'm not i'm not a mr brightside uh stan by any means um i uh i do think though that like the actual content of the song is not so much important as like the pace and like the ability of people to just like shout out like um the chorus of the song i agree 
I'm not agree. as I'm not as worried about finding something that's connected to the city of Cincinnati because unfortunately I love Cincinnati. I mean, I choose to live in Cincinnati, but this is a terrible music town. It's um, <laughs> there's just like there's not a lot of great bands that are from Cincinnati. Yeah, there's not a lot of great songs about Cincinnati. So yeah. I almost think you've got to go the person who I consider to be the most Cincinnati music artist performing today, and that's Darius Rucker. Because if you perform at the pit at Elder and your opening act is Bronson Arroyo and you're introduced on stage by Marty Brenneman, as far as I'm concerned, that makes you the most Cincinnati person alive. So just play some Hootie and the Blowfish. Everyone that's about between the ages of 35 and 45 will eat it up. And you're really just looking for people to drunkenly sing along to something. So you throw out only want to be with you. Everyone will get all misty eyed that we're singing about the club. It'll be great. It'll slay. Yeah. Grayson's right. I think the content of the song doesn't matter. Although I feel pretty strongly about the undertones to that killer's song. It's pretty depressing. But yes. Dude, did Darius Rucker also get a key to the city la- that night? Holy crap. <laughs> I, t- I told my dad I was going to the show, and his quote exactly was, the only way this could get more fucking Cincinnati is if Fiona the Hippo rode the streetcar there <laughs> ahead of the show. <laughs> That's, that's very good. That's very good. <laughs> Should try to make that happen this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, streetcar. Got it. Keep Got keep it. that uh, file away for a slow news day right there. Yeah. One yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, uh Pat, this has been a ton of fun. Another and I assume marathon get together. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I, I hope I, I assume too much. No, no, no. This is why we have you on. If we didn't want you to talk, we wouldn't have you on. Um, We're not we're not known for being uh, for our brevity when we record these episodes. So don't worry, you're in very good company. Well, I probably fit in really well. (laughs) No, we will. uh, We'll see you at Washington Park at 630. Yeah, 630. Not a moment later. Yeah, if if they rope you into going, just let us know. We'll buy you a beer down there. back and there you go pat brennan ton of fun i i love when he comes on he's he's so full of knowledge and he's one of the only people in this fcc bubble that doesn't work for the club and is allowed to be around the team especially in florida so that was it's great to have that insight there and uh I'm always reminded how tremendously lucky we are that yes. we've got Pat Brennan and Laurel. We have two beat writers that are, you know, professionally covering this team. We've got other people, the CST community as well, covering this team. But Pat and Laurel specifically with access to ask questions, to watch training. That's it's awesome. Uh, if you don't support Pat, uh, go. We're going to probably I think Kevin's going to try and make a link available to make sure that he gets credit for a subscription and don't take it for granted. Legitimately, it's um, it's cool that we have so much content available as fans that are provided by the traditional media. And it's cool with Pat. And I'm always I always forget this, that, you know, he's a soccer fan. He grew up a soccer fan. He is. He, if you're reading this out there and you're a supporter of FC Cincinnati, know that he was just like you at one point with his team out in Philadelphia. And that's always cool to be reminded of. And we're, we're tremendously fortunate that he somehow has time to waste on this stupid show talking to (laughs) us. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You think, you think the team is like 
tight-lipped and uh, you know about about uh news and information around around the roster and, and, and what have you imagine what it would be like if the paper of record in town you know just didn't didn't have a beat it would be dark days something like us would be one of your main sources of of insight right. on the team so, and that's so a if horrific you, if you, thought if you want <laughs> if you don't want to have to rely on the postcast for your news about fc cincinnati for the love of christ go, go subscribe to the inquiry if you don't want to listen to two hours on the various mortal Kombat movies that have been released <laughs> just to find out uh whether yerson mosquera has ever played left center back uh please subscribe to the inquiry let's let's touch on this this game this weekend houston dynamo visiting fc cincinnati uh i can tell you this ben olsen is the manager of houston dynamo i had forgotten about that until recently he's not a very good mls head coach so you got that uh yeah. they lost uh tim parker one of the better defenders in Major League Soccer. He went to St. Louis. He's from St. Louis, so they lost him. And they brought in a couple of guys who all used to be teammates in Peru, uh, but none of them looked terribly good at soccer. So we should beat them by a handful of goals is, is where all of this is leading me to, to believe. I, I don't know how much more in-depth of a preview we're going to get other than I do like, I would like us to go through a projected starting 11 here. I have one written down in front of me, uh, but yeah, please. Houston. Talk to me. want to know, so Hector Herrera. Oh, yes. That is probably the plays, most famous player. Houston, on the most team. famous yep. player there. Uh, once uh, strangled uh, Weston McKinney. In a U.S.-Mexico right. game, that is right. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that's the guy. That's the guy to boo. Um, also, I have a kind of a specific uh, complaint. Ooh. Is that he's often referred to as Ache Ache, yeah, which is uh, Spanish for HH. Yes, and I'm like, man, we can't do that. We can't call anybody HH or or you know ADA. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't work in English. That that. that took a turn right there. (laughs) In terms of who is going to be playing and ideally beating this Houston Dynamo team, does anybody want to make an argument against Roman Celentano starting in goal? I think that's his. Although, according to Pat, it's it's not nailed on forever. Yeah, for (laughs) for this game. I mean, Can didn't even play against uh, Nashville. So that's a good sign there. Uh, Bariel and Arias as your outside backs. I am assuming Arias is, is, if he was healthy enough to be signed, he's healthy enough to start. Any any major disagreements there? Nope. Match one. I think that he, this is the match where, it's like we talked with Pat, there's going to be load management throughout yeah. the course of the year. There's going to have to be with the amount of matches that they're going to play. But for this one, no. You signed him. He is pedigree says play him right now and you play him now so that you can rest him later down the stretch. Yeah. Match one at home. Arias probably rotates over the course of the season a little bit more than Barrial does. Yeah. And maybe even, yeah. And maybe doesn't even finish this game depending on how it goes. Right. You could, you could see Powell come in. Although apparently Powell was dealing with something of an injury this preseason. Didn't play much. Yeah. But you could even see Gaddis come in like 75, 80, you know? 
So this is where I can see 10 <laughs> permutations here. I have this, and feel free to disagree. Miazga as your left center back, Mosquera as your central center back, and Hagland as your right center back. Grayson in particular, I'm curious if you would disagree with that. If you would swap Miazga and Mascara, would you put Murphy in instead of Hagland? So this is this is this is very I think this is very tough because you know we've heard certain things coming out of preseason. Uh we we didn't see any of it, really. Yeah. Um I believe that the start that that essentially what felt like the starting lineup with Nashville. Um was uh, Mosquera, Miazga, and Hagland. And the question. And then they is, gave up three goals immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, having not seen Mosquera, yeah. I, I think the I think the main question in my mind is: Are you do you swap him and Miazga? Do you play Miazga centrally? And Mosquera on the left. Um, from what I've researched, it does look like Mosquera has played mm. on the left a bit, although I confess some skepticism regarding the transfer market formations. Yeah. Um, and and some of the some of the stuff that I've read. So um I I don't I I, I personally would feel better with Miazga on the left, Mosquera centrally, and Hagelin on the right, only because I'm assuming that Mosquera provides a little less um, experience and solidity playing yeah. next to um, Barrial. That was my thought as well. Chief, would you start Murphy over Hagland? No, 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 not, not opening, not opening match. Um, I, the other thing too is, is that Hagelin played really well last year. There's, there's not even a performance reason to drop Hagelin. Now Murphy's going to get his opportunities just because they're so thin at center back. But for this match, no, Hagelin, yeah. Hagelin's the starter. I'm very, very interested to see Mascara play specifically um, with the pedigree that he has. I assume that the only reason he's here is to get minutes. And I assume that there is some agreement with Wolverhampton to get him minutes. So yeah, I, I, I cannot wait to see him play this weekend. Yeah. Completely agree. I don't uh, think so. I don't think that Albright or, or Noonan would like promise minutes. Right. But I, I wonder think, how much of that's contractually obligated. But I, like, do I, I they do say? Think, yeah. I do think they wouldn't bring him in. Um, I do think that Wolverhampton is not going to loan him if they don't think he's going to get lots of minutes. And then, with that understanding, I don't think that they would bring him in if they didn't think he would be worthy of playing lots of minutes on this team. No, I, I gonna, agree with that. Yeah. I just, I just think it doesn't. There's no reason for Wolverhampton to make the deal if there wasn't some conversation of. FC Cincinnati intends to use this player. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so in the midfield, uh, we have learned about this uh, this midweek here. Uh, Obina Wobodo is dealing with something of a hamstring injury. He was held out of preseason matches as a precaution uh, and is now training off to the side uh, practice this week. Houston's not very good. I don't think he plays. I think you're looking at uh, Junior Moreno and Yuya Kubo as your defensive midfielders in this game. Do we do we think Wobodo will be healthy enough? Is this mind games from <laughs> Noonan and Albright leading up to uh, to Houston, or if do it was we see somebody other, else? Yeah. If it was anything other than a hamstring, the fact that they've said it's a hamstring makes me would lead me to believe that they will be more cautious with a hamstring than they will with some other type of a knock that he may have picked up in training. Having said that, with no knowledge of what the severity is, will he play on Saturday? I don't know. Maybe. But there's no way of knowing. The only people that know that are Wobodo and the training staff. Like they, mm-hmm. They're not going to broadcast that. It would not surprise me if they thought, yeah, it's too early in the year to really... Because the problem is you'd play him and he really does damage to the hamstring or he aggravates the injury, you're talking about multiple weeks, month plus of recovery time for a player like him with a hamstring injury. So cold weather, um, first match of the season, I would bet they err on the side of caution, but who knows how serious it is. Yeah, and my um, my conjecture based on what little we know about who played with who over the course of the preseason games is I think that at this point in time, uh, Moreno and Kubo are ahead of Angulo. Yeah. So I don't think he'd be the other choice. So I don't think, I don't think we see Angulo start and certainly not like Steven Jimenez. I mean, like these are guys that I expect to see in various competitions over the course of the season. And I would also hope that Angulo works himself into a starting role yeah. at some point in the season because it means he's beating out guys on the team, right? Yeah. But I don't think he's – I don't feel like he's there based on based on not a whole ton of information, but I don't think he's there right now. Yeah. Uh, here's a, uh, a happy slash sad thought. This will be the first year in Major League Soccer. We couldn't plug in Alan Cruz if we wanted to. Think about that for a second. I hadn't thought I hadn't even had that thought cross my mind, and I'm so happy I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) It it makes me so happy I haven't thought about Alan Cruz in literally months. I I (laughs) came across this one as well earlier today. Thought it was funny. Uh, Both of our starting center backs against Austin in the season opener last year, unemployed right now. That is Tyler Blackett and Jeff Cameron. Uh, I kind of assume Cameron. You know, if Cameron's out there and the money's right. I'd have him back. I'll be honest. I'm not convinced Cameron doesn't would wouldn't start uh, Saturday if he was if he was in the team. He'd start over Haglund. That's a great call. <laughs> or Mascara, I mean, even yeah. You know, obviously he played well last year. He played very well down the played, stretch. He played something like 29 out of 34 games. Yeah. Started a whole bunch of games. Interesting. Would have started a couple of games if it hadn't been for and not know, that I'm some not, combination of Canadian travel restrictions and 
personal <laughs> oh, personal yeah. responsible choices. Yeah, and not that I'm a stalker or anything like that. He cut an imposing figure in line at the coffee emporium in Hyde Park, and I'm gonna miss that. <laughs> I I I'd take him I'd take him in the team right now, but the question is like what what money is is acceptable and then like you know what does FCC what, even have free? <laughs> what is your what is your plan? Do you have do you have like longer term plans for the roster spot? Yeah. For like a late late window or even summer edition. Yeah. Uh okay, so ahead of Moreno and Kubo, which is what I believe we've decided on here, uh, we are looking at Malik one, Pinto. Uh yeah, obviously. <laughs> 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 no, Lucho Acosta uh, starting there. And then ahead of him, Brandon Vasquez. And I have put Sergio Santos, although no, if Brenner no, is no, back. No. I'm thinking Brenner. He's training Brenner. with the team. It's okay. Brenner. It's, it's Brenner. Not only is he training with the team, but after not making the deal to get him to Nottingham Forest and only having a limited number of games before the summer transfer window, holding him out of any game where he's fit to play in <laughs> is liable to cause a a locker room problem. So I think Brenner will play early. I think Brenner will play off. And in all the talk about load management, I think it's all gas, no breaks for Brenner between now and the transfer window. I think that's fair. I'm just imagining this awful scenario where he just gets off to a bad start. He's just unlucky. The expected goals are there, but he's just very unlucky. And just like the move just is never offered to him this summer. And we're stuck with just the poutiest, shittiest version of Brenner for the last half of the season. Oh, my God. I'd be too much. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that's all that likely. Yeah. I would he hope went, not. It's it's week. He, he it's seems week to be one. dialed in against. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to the Austin game. I know it was the first preseason friendly, but I think he went like 60 minutes plus. He scored a goal. Look, I'm not getting to the darkest timeline on week one. Okay, <laughs> I'm not there. We're not there right now. It's positive vibes only right now. It's we're gonna get a hat trick out of Brenner in this game, and he's gonna play 70 minutes, three goals, and you will already start seeing the UK tabloids start to fire up. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Um, in terms of a, uh, a prediction, I'm just going to refer back to the predictions we made originally back in December, and we can we can feel if we, those were right on or we can adjust from there. Uh, but we have this one as a 3-1 to one win against the Houston Dynamo. Do we feel like that's it's pretty well dead on, or, or do we want to revise that? It feels okay right to me. I'm, I'm yeah. standing on it. Are we going to do something this year? Where we all make predictions for these games. And there's consequences involved for the person that I doesn't. I don't want to predict the first game. I really like, like individually, just because, like, oh, grow I'm a pair. So I'm so nervous about it until I can actually <laughs> see them play. So I, let's get, let's just go with the collective. No, this is. You're just afraid. You're afraid to make the commitment to drive to Florida and stop at the Bucky's along the way. Is what it is. I haven't forgotten. The North remembers. If we could get a high speed rail that visits all of the Bucky's locations, it's like that. It's like those maps they post every so often, where every stop is a Taco Bell, and it somehow yes. works out to create a very good mass transit system. All right. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll go. I'll go three one. There, there we, go. we go. There we go. All right, I'm in for three, three nil. We're gonna win. Clean sheet. 
I recorded this earlier today. I think FC Cincinnati wins four to nothing, and I don't see any reason why they don't dominate this team. There's there's no reason to not be shooting for the moon in this one. All right, so we'll figure uh, out what, we'll figure out what the punishment is for whose predictions over the course of the year are worse. Slide into the DMs or hit us up on Twitter if you've got a good idea. That's also, better than forcing to, someone to drive to Florida. Also, if somebody wants to keep track of them for us, that would be, be great. Much nicer, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to do it. Uh, so this brings me to the last segment, and man, this is this is a little emotional. We. I, I say we, but really, Chief, this was your brainchild. In the 11, out of the 18, a staple of the offseason. This will not be the last time we do it, but it is certainly the last offseason edition of In the 11, out of the 18. Chief, would you please do us the honors of giving you as your In the 11, out of the 18? My In the 11 is Wawa. Because apparently, <laughs> I, I, we, we've been talking about Bucky's. We're nothing if not a gas station uh, focused podcast, in addition to being bad at talking about soccer. And I, I we should have brought this up with Pat when he was on. Fuck. Um, Ooh, but Wawa versus is, Wawa. Sheets versus Wawa. It's a it's a debate that rages on the Internet. It's right up there with whether or not Greedo shot first. Um and we are finally Cincinnati after all this time is finally entering the gas station wars with a Wawa that is coming to Liberty Township where I, I guess I don't see the big deal because we have gas stations with a subway built in already. I stop at one on my way back from the gym. A lot of the time <laughs> uh, we have UDF, which I think is probably a superior brand of gas station to anything they have. On the East Coast, consider you can get a malt or a shake or a Buskin donut at your your UDF as well. I don't know. But what I'm excited about is I'm excited to finally I need this. I need more conflict in our community. Um, Gold Star versus Skyline. It feels like that's already settled. Um, there's been a definitive winner declared in that war. Um, there's no longer the Post versus the Inquirer. There, there's so many things in this town that used to be people butting heads with one another. Um, I'm eager for something new. So I want where we have a Wawa now. I want a sheets. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm ex I'm excited to bring this sort of fight to us. So Wawa is in my eighteen is in the eleven for me this week. Every time uh, somebody says like they love Wawa or they love sheets, I just get kind of sad. Like <laughs> <laughs> We don't need to spend this much time at gas stations that we have opinions about like, which, which gas station with microwave hot dogs is better than the other. But you Strong gotta, opinions, too. You, you've <laughs> got to have this fight now. We've got to have this fight now because eventually now. Joe, Joe Biden's going to force us to stop driving gasoline-powered cars, and there won't be the stop it for the gas station at Sheets and Wawa. So... Yeah, we got to get we only have a few more years to enter this phase of the war. And I'm glad Cincinnati, the, the battles have finally come to Cincinnati after all this time. I've seen enough war in my life. <laughs> uh, after if the, I after could, the pod wars. <laughs> <laughs> if I could uh, if I could plant my flag, though, uh, my vote always goes to come and go spelled K-U-M and go. They're big in like nebraska and the great plains and they were the main sponsor of the des moines menace when i got to watch them play a uh, a perennial favorite uh 
underdog team in the Open Cup. So there you go. Come and go. Um, and not for any childish reasons whatsoever. I don't know why you'd ask me that. Chief, what is out of your 18? Out of my 18 is uh, car dealerships. Sadly, um, the uh, the Chief Mobile is is on its last legs right now. 196,000 miles on a car that is originally a Fiat Chrysler. Not exactly where you want to be owning an automobile. And so um, I've, we've been looking for a new car. And I just, I hate the car buying experience. I hate car dealerships. I would love it if a car dealership sponsored this podcast. Um, so <laughs> I would reserve the right to retract all of my statements if and say that you, a potential sponsor of the postcast, your dealership is the one that I love. I'll say that. But in the absence of a sponsor, I'll just say I hate all of this. It's just the the oiliness of the person coming out as soon as you hit the lot. Like, hey, what can I help uh, you with today? Yeah, so what are you looking at do, today? I don't want to like get canceled for uh, calling out the the uh, identity group of uh, car salesmen. Uh, so yes <laughs> so but so let's just say you've you've always hated your specific experience of dealerships but if there's a car salesman or dealership who offers a better experience that we just haven't experienced, experienced yet it. right you know throw us a line throw us right. a, you know we'll, we'll read your ads on the podcast no it's just every day the the sending money to elon musk and buying a car with a click just seems better like just like whatever else you think about the man, the fact that you don't have to interact with a salesman to buy one of his cars. It's just like, wow, what an incredible move. And it, it made me think of all this stuff where it's like, why is that the last thing we buy where you have to like haggle with a salesperson? Like when I wanted when I bought my TV, I didn't go to Best Buy and the person say, oh, well, I mean, you know, a lot of people are looking at this OLED screen. I don't know. I'm going to go talk to my manager. Um, I guess, may, are you willing to finance with us? Is that what's going on? Because if you're financing with us, I've got some great incentives through Best Buy Finance. It's just like if we did this for, for anything else, we would just want to put a bullet in our own heads. But somehow this is the last business where you still have to do this stupid song and dance and i just i either want everything to be this way or nothing to be this way i, I want to negotiate over everything like make me negotiate for groceries make me negotiate for <laughs> like for for running to the come and go to buy yeah. like a pack of gum and make me haggle with the store clerk either make it all like that so you get good at it and it just becomes a part of life or make it all go away but don't make it this thing where every 200,000 miles, you suddenly find yourself at the mercy of some dude in a polo shirt that's about a half size too small with a goatee. You know, I just, I don't, I don't need it. Um, it's out of the, it's out of the 18. I don't like this. I hate this. And I hate my car for dying, like at this very moment. I uh, could not agree more and uh a lot of states have laws on the books that require you to go through them it's the same reason why like ford can't just sell you a car it's the worst thing it's just the worst thing in the world and you know thank you so much for the in the 11 out of the 18 for putting up with this segment i made it a specific point to not have any fcc related content in that last one because god damn it i'm gonna miss it <laughs> Wait, it's not going away permanently you know it's like it'll, i was gonna say it's back. like klr it'll be back, it'll be back next week <laughs> it's like yes. your dad just went out for smokes 
Yeah, and the, and the 11 is out of the 18 after this. <laughs> Grayson, what do you got for us? Um, so I'll, I'll make mine both soccer related. In my 11, Aww, is, uh, in my 11 is, is, is a pregame happy hour. Uh, okay. I think it's a nice yeah. idea to have uh, to have beers a couple bucks off, uh, you know, before kickoff. Um, I just wish it was everywhere in the stadium, not uh, not just the the Heineken bar behind the Bailey and the uh, Coors Light bar. Yeah. Although nice. the Coors Light bar is by far the best bar to get a beer at. A tall boy of a banquet beer before the game, that's the right choice to make as a soccer supporter. It is, it is a good, quick place to get a bad beer. <laughs> sir. It's, sir. It's a fantastic place to watch a game, by the way. That is... Yeah. That is a half-decent seat right there for, I'd say for nothing, but you obviously have to pay to get into the gate most of the time. I'll just say that most of the time you have to pay. Um, Mostly. So, Grayson, what is out of the 18 then? Out of my 18 is Inter-Miami. Yeah. Uh, the Athletic posted, The Athletic you know, published an article that was a interview with Inter-Miami coach uh, Phil Neville. And he made some comments criticizing the league over the late announcement of the playoff uh, format mm -hmm. and uh, in favor of promotion and relegation. Um, I don't give a shit about, about, about his, his comments on that. And I don't give a shit about talking about promotion and relegation. Um, but uh, after the athletic printed this article uh, in Miami banned the entire publication from their media day and insanity <laughs> which is which is just crazy because the athletic oh, i love like, it i love it the athletic so petty like, yeah right so so on, on one hand it's it's extremely funny because it's not our team right yeah that did this so it's like another team looking like assholes right um a team that has repeatedly looked like assholes but um on the other hand like the Athletic is like one of the only outlets that takes MLS seriously that's not owned <laughs> by MLS. Yeah, but they've also they also gave the Athletic the, the greatest gift you can give a journalist and that's the ability to make the journalists the story. So now the Athletic can write a story about how the Athletic is being kept out of team activities for truthfully reporting and following their solemn duties as journalists. And there ain't nothing a big J journal loves more than being the story. <laughs> that is, that is, that is true. If um, they <laughs> wanted more brand synergy, they should have the New York times cover the athletic being. Well, I, just, out. I just thought about that. Like they would never do that to the New York times. Right. <laughs> they only do that to the athletic. So what do you think the people from the athletics show up the next day in like the uh the funny goggle the glasses and fake nose and fake mustache and identify themselves as from the New York Times? <laughs> they pull out their uh, their employee ID cards that say Times Inc. or whatever the, the company is. Yeah. Times adjacent. <laughs> oh no, that's it is very funny. It's also very funny that like he made those comments and then they edited the story to 
very obviously be like, he didn't actually mean the promotion and relegation bits, yeah. and then they kicked them out. So right. it was like they added they added a um an addendum to the yeah. story that was like very clearly uh like PR written statement, yeah. <laughs> not by Phil Neville, because it was like it was like you know I also appreciate how our unique system has helped grow the game in the United yeah. States and has helped achieve a, a stable first division league that all American soccer fans can love and appreciate. Or so it was just yeah. like, it was something right. so, it's like a, so it's like, stupid. It's like the kind of statement that you'd expect someone with a bag over his head and a man with a machine gun behind him to read. It's like, I'm reading for a prepared statement written by I mean like, me. You mean like right. Mucho Acosta's uh, Instagram post? It was just like, him laughing with the caption, everything is well. <laughs> Lucho, the fans are worried that your contract negotiation is going you know, sideways. Okay, well, I've got the solution. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay, to, to wrap us up here, in the 11, I am putting King Cake. Every single year. Thank you. King Cake catches me by surprise, and I am reminded that it is the best version of cake. It is my all-time favorite, and it's a crime it's not available more often. But at the same time, I kind of like that it just has one day to itself. It, it makes it more special. I didn't, I didn't share this in the group chat. This is absolutely true. I got mailed a King Cake at work, <laughs> and I don't know who it's from. Like it's, a cake... It, I, a cake showed up at the office. I got a call. Come down. You have a package. I go downstairs. I pick it up. It's a king cake that has been shipped from Louisiana, from a, like a famous bakery down wow. there. Wow. And it was overnighted because it's fresh. It's like cream cheese icing and all that. It was delicious. There's no note in the box as to who sent it. So I went through the <sighs> usual suspects of people like I went to college with that still live down there. Like, was this you? Sure. Sent a picture. No one has fessed up to sending me a king cake. <laughs> and now it's like it is a strange mystery that is kind of taking over <laughs> my personal life right now. It was delicious, but it's mysterious as to why it showed up. That is, uh, that's incredible. And, you know, if there's a chocolate penis inside of there, I think we can identify who sent that, who sent that to, that's a joke I realized, Chief, that it's just between me and you. Yeah. It's not really going to make sense on a podcast. No. <laughs> we've, story, we've been I mailed edible penises for having soccer opinions in the yeah. past. So yeah, somebody, somebody <laughs> We're the most inclusive and, and sex positive podcast in, in yeah. Cincinnati fandom. So I got no problem with it. No, I'm it not saying it's a bad thing. I thought it was weird to have very it done unsolicited. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was a, as, as difficult as it was to explain it to the wife, the Becky Zimmerman book, the chocolate phallus being mailed to my house addressed to the Queen City War Pigs was way harder to explain. Exponentially harder. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, well, out of my 18, shifting gears wildly here, uh, I'm putting people you don't know, as in strangers, who carry on conversations at inappropriate physical distances. This happened to me twice over the weekend is the most absolutely annoying thing in the entire world. I am I am trying to be polite and nice and talking to a cashier as I'm checking out. They're 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 you know they're they're helping me bring up my stuff or whatever. They're putting things in the bag for me, and as I'm leaving, they're continuing the conversation. 
and I keep taking a couple of steps and they keep the conversation and I had to get, yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and then my dad moved to Memphis. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I would like to leave now. I don't actually care about you. I want you to do well in life, but I don't want to be in this conversation anymore. And it's just my least favorite thing when people can't pick up facial cues sure tone cues sure i am literally walking away from you it can't be more obvious i'm disengaging from this conversation yeah you know what can be worse what's that when people you do know have uh personal conversations over over too long of distances (laughs) like uh just uh, shouting so so, uh, so uh, last uh, weekend, uh, I was skiing with my wife, and uh, we're trying to get down the mountain at the end of the day, and I lead us a little bit astray, because I don't know, I've never been where we're, I'd never been to Park City before, so I don't like, really know the mountain, and they don't hand out maps anymore because of COVID, I guess, so. COVID's on the maps. Uh, there's, yeah. only, there's only one way to go, and that's down. So, so <laughs> we go down, and we end up like off of the path and in a, a where like a lift um would be going but it's late in the day so we can't get on the lift to go up mm. so our only um our only option is to is to walk back up the hill to the point where we can get back on the back on the trail yeah and so i walked a little well, i walked a little faster i get up there and i turn around and look at her and she's like 50 feet away from me and she's like shaking her head and then she just yells hey i'm pissed off (laughs) it's like everybody around us gets to hear this and then she pauses and then she says i'm really pissed off (laughs) oh no it it ended up fine we we got back we got back going downhill had a nice uh rest of the day and then oh. you know, had a couple shots of whiskey at the bottom. So. <laughs> I'm reminded of that Mitch Hedberg bit where it's you know I keep repeating myself slightly louder, and it turns out that I'm just saying some insignificant shit. Like that tree is far away. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain point when you're you're yelling it over and over again, you realize yeah, it's just it it's not matter. worth it. Yeah, you mumble something. Hey, what'd you say? I I regret saying it. In I the just first it place. was it wasn't important enough to say once, let alone repeat a second time. <laughs> oh God! Well, there we go. In the eleven out of the eighteen closed for this off season, and that's we'll a wrap it. for the off season in that's total. It. The off season is over. We did it. We made it to the end. This is. Uh... This is quite a bit, gentlemen. This is this is a real ride. We will now have soccer to talk about. We'll have games to discuss. We'll keep some of the goofiness and, and off the wall stuff going. But uh, I agree, it was a very funny bit to keep a soccer podcast going through the course of the season. <laughs> it didn't. Make I, I, sense. Said it, I said it. I said it last season. week. I said it last week. The the best way to do this would just be to quit right now. Like we, we, we spent all this time keeping the show going through the off season. If this was the final episode of the postcast. I can think of no better way to go out. We do a season preview. We talk about how excited we are. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> the Irish goodbye listen. of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, where else would people get their tropical smoothie stand promo codes? I mean, oh. we it's a public service at this point. We have to keep it going. Right. 
Sponsors, oh, get in the DMs. Yeah, it is up. I keep DMing Domino's. I don't think they maintain an active uh, Twitter presence, but I keep DMing them. So, designated pizza will live again. <laughs> we can only hope. Until then, fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.